I had no idea that turnips spoiled, so I was... <laughs> I wish... I've never wanted to be in a game more than <laughs> to be in this shitty town <laughs> watching this shitty mayor sc scoop rotten turnips out of his locker at the train station. <laughs> like, what could have... What could have helped you build faith in your town less than seeing the mayor like oh, this is this is disgusting what have I done what have I done <laughs> all those tens of thousands of like this is what the city's money is going no wonder the Rossetti Center isn't done yet you're literally just like letting our money rot in a train station locker <laughs> oh Animal Crossing I love you Just McRoy, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Dave Tack, and I know the best thing of the week. My name is Christopher Plant, and I know the best thing in the week. My name is Ross Frostrick, and I know the best game of the week. He lives next to someone. Think about that for a second. He <laughs> he lives in a house next to other houses. It's an apartment, so it's actually like I'm bordered by many apartments. Think about that. Think about that wake-up call. I'd rather have Robin Williams in the apartment adjacent doing the Good hey, Morning hey, Vietnam every How's it going? Morning. I'm a doctor. Have you <laughs> met my daughter Zelda? <laughs> I'm the pits. Um, so uh, we, a big week in, in gaming uh, uh, and, and, and we've got a lot to talk about this week. Uh, I've been playing some fun stuff, some enjoyable games maybe um, you should go first then oh, I, would, I would like that actually that would be that would be nice let me remember what the thing was that i was going to talk about <laughs> ah yes the best the best family tree of gaming 2013 belongs to the rogues i guess i'll call them uh the the the, the rogue legacy family uh of of adventurers uh, in the hit in the PC game uh, Rogue Legacy. Now, am I am I alone in having played Rogue Legacy? Yeah, I wanted to play it, but it's it's uh, PC only, and I, yeah. I only got a Mac in this piece. I hope that when games like Rogue Legacy are released, that Microsoft counts it as like the massive failure that it is. Uh, that 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 these game this game is not on their their platform because well, it's it on, is i mean microsoft i mean it's no of PC. course but they're not getting like a slice of that you know they're not this isn't on their marketplace right um so rogue legacy is here uh, it's similar to a castlevania game uh if you can if you can imagine that a very difficult castlevania game where the castle regenerates every time you play and each time you start a new run on the castle you're actually the descendant of the the uh, character that just played through so uh, just to give you sort of an example of what it might look like uh, I I you know I make a run at the castle I've got a, a barbarian let's say so he's really tough but he doesn't hit as hard as some of the other classes uh, he has one magic spell that is assigned to him that he he can use uh, and all this is randomly generated, uh, and you have basically three different 
children to choose from. He makes a run on the castle. He uh, collects a lot of gold, but doesn't do much else. Okay, the he dies. He's killed on like a spike trap, let's say. Sad. And then you're, it is sad. And then you're taken back to the title screen, and you start again, and you're given a choice between one of his three kids. Each one will have a different class. Uh, they have traits uh, that can affect things positively or negatively, like color blindness, for example, which makes the whole screen gray. Or oh, uh, that's not funny. No, a vertigo, which uh, <laughs> makes everything upside down, or which sucks and doesn't happen a lot. But uh, or like dwarfism, so they're smaller. Uh, they hit just as hard and everything, but they're smaller, and that lets them get into some tight spots. Are they craftier? No, no, they're they and no, no, they're not craftier. They're, they can't they're just, like they're not running the realm. Secretly. No, no, <laughs> no, the, no, no Tyrion influences here. They're just they're just smaller. Uh, and you choose between one of these three kids, and you inherit all of the. Uh, you you there are some stuff that's permanent on on each run that you collect. You collect runes that lets you augment your skills. You can collect skill upgrades. Collect armor. Can you collect uh, zunes? No, there's no zunes in the castle. Okay. Uh, if you're gonna interrupt, please just that's try and make it funny. That's all I ask. Just <laughs> one solid joke. That's that's all I all I need. Uh, uh, I'd hate to kill you and have your kid take over your spot <laughs> on the podcast. Uh, so <laughs> the uh, all that stuff is passed down to the next generation, as well as all the gold you collected on the previous run. So. Y- that gold you have to spend on new equipment, stat upgrades, uh, upgrades to classes, new classes. Uh, uh, there's a and and the gold that you don't use is actually taken from you as soon as you walk into the castle. It's charged at the gate, so you uh, you, you know you have to spend it all, or you're going to lose it. Okay, so the, the, here's my question because I Hit love me. I love roguelikes. This okay. definitely sounds like a roguelike. It is. So what rogue, are the things roguelite they call it? Oh, so that's a good point actually that addresses what I'm about to talk about. Is one of the things I like about roguelikes, which I realize that a lot of people don't like, is that you start pretty much from scratch every time you play. And the reason I like it is because it creates this infinite new experience loop. Um, where you never really beat a game, you're just essentially getting better at it. Um, it sounds to me like because there's so much that carries over and unlocks that eventually you get to a point where pretty much everything is unlocked and you're just a ma- it's just a matter of just like plowing through the final boss. There is, let me say this, there's so much to unlock. I mean, to give you an example, um, there are... 75 levels of health you can increase and 75 I, I believe 75 levels of uh love the, like <laughs> 75 <laughs> levels of belief no 75 levels of uh like the percentage of times you get a critical hit it's very much about choosing the path you want to take like for example even with the arm armor you buy new armor but it has weight to it so you have to spend money to upgrade your uh, upgrade your basically armor class, like how much armor you can carry with you. So there's so, so, so much that you can unlock and upgrade that it's not really like, well, I've got everything now and now I'm going to make a run at the castle. I mean, it's very much there are there there are four sort of central sections. There's the main castle you start out in. There's a place called Maya. That's sort of the the light area that's above you. Uh, there's a forest 
that's always to one side of the main castle, and then there's a land of darkness that's uh, below the castle. Each one of those is harder than the central castle. So the progression is very much, you know, play the castle over and over and over again until you can finally oh, get, I get it. finish the boss of the castle. And then you can start making your way into the forest, and you yeah. play the forest over and over, and that's what you're focusing on. Interesting. So you and there's a boss at the end of each of the sections. So it, it really does require you to. And in each section, there's a new there's new enemies that have new attack patterns. Yeah, no, but and tons it does, of new stuff for you to learn. It yeah. does seem to me like essentially uh, not like it's a free to play game and you're paying to win. But essentially, uh, it's not super skill centric in that you no, can. You know I, what I mean? I'll, I'll hop in because. I, like Russ, I, I prefer something like Spelunky or even Binding of Isaac where it's like a, a full reset because I feel like I'm progressing because of skill. Right. While with a lot of free-to-play games or roguelites, the, I, it's hard for me to get into them because all I think every time I get an upgrade is like, am I actually getting better at this game or is this game just making itself easier? By are the values just being like tilted but, in that favor? But having played some of Rogue Legacy... It seems like a really comfortable in-between for two reasons. And one is, like Justin's saying, you can kind of... One, it's difficult, so you do have to have skill just yeah, to get through it's, it. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, and two, you're kind of adjusting your family line in a way that you have to have a skill in how you do that. Um, but the, the third thing, which is kind of related, that I really like about the game is the story matches the gameplay. Like... The, what you're really doing is grinding, which drives me crazy about these types of games where you're just trying to, you know, not not just get better, but also unlock as much as possible. But this whole story of family lines kind of softens the blow of the grinding because you feel a weird connection to all the characters and, like, you want one to make it as far as it can and you want to see what its children are going to look like. Um, I don't know, and that way I think I think the story, as little as there is, really benefits the entire game. The other thing that I think helps soften the blow of, you know, paying to win or what have you is with each uh, run, you have to pick a class and you actually don't get to pick. You have three different options um, that have been sort of randomly rolled for you. How many classes are there? Uh, God, like I've I haven't even unlocked all of them. Uh, there's a barbarian who's super strong. There's an assassin that's uh, crafty or, you know, can does more critical hits and is a little bit faster. It can also turn into a puff of smoke to avoid certain things. Uh, there's a mage that's focused on the magic spells that can switch between spells. The only class that can do that. There's a lich king that uh, is really interesting because he starts with really low health and then with every kill, his health increases. So his max sure. health increases. Um, but there's a bunch essentially. There's it's a not lot, just like and and five. and it and it's very and the class that you pick and the class you can depend on or, or the class that you uh, you know go with into the castle really dictates how you're going to approach that run at the castle. There's a miner, for example, that uh, knows where all the like tra- a little kid. You mean? No, no. no uh, well, I guess they're all kids. No, they're not kids. They're like adults. Uh, there's a miner w- with with an e who. Uh, has really low health and really low magic, but all the uh, all the coins that he collects, he gets like thirty percent more treasure oh, cool. for each pickup. Yeah. So it's like, okay, if I got a miner, I know what this runs about. 
It's about finding as much treasure as I can. Um, and there's so many things in the ca- like. There's a uh, fairy chests that have runes in them, and those are basically like challenge r- rooms where it's like get through this really trap heavy room without taking damage or kill everybody in this room that's really that's like jam packed with enemies and taking it on is very much sort of a risk reward question of well I'm I can do this but it might cost me so much that I'm going to have to abandon my dream of you know making a run at the boss this go because if I do this room I'm just not going to have the health to get Mm -hmm. through it so you're making those sorts of decisions every time you play which which helps keeps it helps keep it super varied um, and and makes every run really interesting. And I myself, I'm not a big fan of the uh, of the roguelike that sort of starts you out to zero every time. Um, and that's I think what's attracted me so much to Rogue Legacy is it is skill based. You do need a lot of of practice to to get good at it. But you always have something to show for your run. Yeah, you're not um, like yeah. uh, every death isn't like a crushing defeat that sets you back to zero. Exactly, exactly. And now, interestingly, it does get to a point where to upgrade anything. Like I'm, I'm at a point now where to upgrade any of my skills, to buy anything, to get any armor, um, I, I, I need at least a thousand gold coins. So, and I know that metric doesn't mean anything to you, but it, it's a decent amount. If if I don't get a thousand gold coins in that run, oh yeah, then you're, I don't get anything. Yeah, I don't get anything, which does sort of force you to okay, you've got to at least be good enough to get the amount of coins you need to upgrade. Um, it's a really cool game. I think it's fifteen bucks. Uh, you can buy it from their website. Or Here, I think here's it's on what Steam. I'm waiting for: Vita. This sounds like such a good Vita oh, game. It would be great. Yeah, it would be a Guys, great get Xbox on 360 game. Yeah. Just like put it on your platform. I don't know. Maybe it'll come to indie that's games. That's not gonna happen. Nah, it's mm-hmm. not gonna happen. They don't care anymore. Okay. Um, but yeah, Rogue Legacy is really, really, really fun. I wrote some dumb fan fiction about it on Polygon. <laughs> I'm so sort of obsessed with it. Um, How will people find that? Uh, just go to Polygon.com, and I'm, I'm, I, it's mine, so I keep a pin for longer because I wrote it. <laughs> what, uh, what's the title of the piece, though? Just so I think people... it's opinion. The something something. I don't know. Oh. Plant right there. Okay. The Legacy be... of the Rogues. The oh, Legacy of the Family. Rogue. Wow, that's Legacy great. Legacy of the Rogue Family. Search engine optimization. Hey, can you do me a favor and shut the hell up? <laughs> <laughs> you don't need search engine optimization when you're the managing editor. It could just keep it pinned to the top of the site. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good point. Okay. Um, who, uh, I'll go next if no one feels obliged to go next. Please. Um, I want to give the best turning point of the week, for me at least, even though I realize this game is a few weeks old. And that is for Last of Us. Are we going to finally talk about it? We are finally going to talk about Last of Us. <laughs> Get excited. So how many of uh, us have played Last of Us? I have. Okay. Everyone. That's everyone, right? Okay. So I should mention that I'm about six or seven hours into the game. I'm not, I haven't beaten it. Uh, I'm probably like a third based on what I'm hearing in terms of the length. And I will also say that apart from the intro, the first like 10 minutes, which are quite good and pretty impactful... If maybe a ripoff of Dawn of the Dead, um, still really awesome and, and well done. Um, uh, the first five hours of the game are really bad, like really bad to the point where I was like, I have no idea why people are excited about this game. Mm-hmm. It's dull. It's typical. Uh, these stealth sequences are like really basic and boring and linear and I'm failing for no reason, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. At this point, I'm, like, ready to quit on the game. But, like, I'm seeing all these tens, and, like, people are bonker jerks over it. So I felt like 
to be part of the zeitgeist, the conversation, I needed to play through more of it. And there's a very clear turning point, at least for me. Um, there's a moment where you essentially, I won't give any major spoilers, but you essentially come to this like forested area outside of a small town. And it was from there on out that the game really turned for me because I think uh, the developers really take the, um, the handhold off and let you uh, sort of go wherever you want and handle combat situations however you want. And the game is way, way bigger than I thought it was, at least in terms of the environments. Like, you're dealing with, like, I don't know how you guys felt, but, like, I know Plant hasn't gotten to this point. But, I'm right at it. I'm, okay, I you're just before got to it. the forest. You're before it. Um, and I don't know how you guys felt, but, like, some of the action sequences that I've done are in the biggest environments. It feel, ma- yeah. Environments that are almost as big as, like, a Gears of War map, a multiplayer map. Like, enormous for yeah. a single-player uh, campaign. And um, the amount of freedom and, like, control over that, like, realm, like, what you're doing, how you're interacting with enemies, how you're dealing with the situation, like, hiding behind a box as you're healing yourself, and, yeah. like, there's a tense moment where the guy is, like, walking up on you... Uh, is is really remarkable and and it really kind of codified why people really dig this game apart from the story which is obviously a big draw but um it's pretty innovative what they've done um with all the systems at work and you don't really see that in the first five hours so i would just say uh, stick with it for people that um are kind of not happy with what goes on before that i'm gonna keep playing it but it just drives me bad shit with video games in general I, I can't think of any other medium where people are like just give it six hours just i know give it, I, just give it 20 hours i completely agree and i think like, that's crap oh my gosh even like a book i feel like it's like after an hour you're in it no matter what you either know you're you're done with it or not it's just it, it drives me crazy that i have to commit this much time in my life to something that generally isn't as enriching i mean hopefully this well, is but the the i would argue first of all i think rush you're exactly right the the game starts amazing and then slides into something like mediocrity and then becomes uh really really interesting but it's only after that stretch of time where they're sort of trying to tell you what to do it's a tutorial confusing like yes and and it is a in in my experience it's a, a five hour tutorial right and it's it's also a super confusing uh, and frustrating tutorial yeah. Uh, at times, but there, there, there is a moment, like you said, where they just let you go. They sort of assume that you know what's going on, and that's where the game gets great to me. Does yeah. it stay uh, like that, Dave? Yes, it absolutely does. Yeah, and it's is, it's fantastic. For I know the point mm-hmm. you're talking about. Uh, about halfway through, it, 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 when they really take the wheels off, I, it, it, it's fantastic, and and I think what we're bumping up into is actually really interesting because I think it's the question of uh, authorship versus expectation. I guess it, you know you the people making this game know that they're working in a vocabulary that is not so dissimilar from one that has been worked in before. They could have made the assumption that you, the player, are familiar with this gameplay vocabulary that they're using because it's, again, not that revolutionary. Mm-hmm. But, And I think in doing that, what they could have done is just really let you focus on the narrative uh, of, of what they're doing. And, and 
I, but again, but I think that that limits the audience for the game, or at least the, that's the perception, yeah, I, right? That just seems so silly to me when it's so complex to play a shooter at this point. Even even with that five-hour intro, if you don't know how to play a third-person shooter, you're not going to learn how to play it with that game. There's no way in hell. Well, I would also yeah, say, well, I don't think, the, and, and to address Justin's point, um, it's important to, th- like, this doesn't feel at all like a third-person shooter to yes. me, just because you're so weak and powerless with a gun. I mean, you're powerful, but not nearly the level of, like, I'm a walking tank like you are in a game like yours before. You can decide to shoot at the wrong time oh, yeah. it, and and completely, completely yeah, you're screw yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a mistake to think of it as a third-person shooter, although it looks and behaves like that. I think the game teaches you, uh, based on how bad you are at shooting, that it shouldn't be uh, that you shouldn't use it like that. I'd say yeah. that's an option. Yeah. Metal Gear is actually a yeah, better sort of comparison. comparison. To clarify it, my point, if if you are not, you know, fluent in the language of video games, mm-hmm. I don't think this game is going to teach you how to play it. With no, this five. definitely nope. feels like expert level video game yeah. to me. Yeah, I had to bump it. I mean, I I think of any game where like I have to bump it down to easy to enjoy it. I've been playing video games for over two decades. I mean. If I have to bump your game down to easy to have fun, like that's that's a pretty complex uh, game that you've that you've created there. And for me, normal is like a real challenge, and I'm like a golden god at video games. So. He, he's not no. kidding. I mean, it's it's really weird. Um, this is another thing where um, video game critic dick measuring drove me crazy, and I think turned me off entirely to the game. Uh, and I imagine a few other people where. Everything I saw the day that games reviews came out was if you didn't like it, you were doing it wrong, and you should be playing it on the hardest setting. Yeah, that's and crap. It, and it's like great. So not only was I doing it wrong, and I, the reality is I should have been going easy. I was getting bad advice from people who are psychopaths. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's I, it's that's an answer I never like hearing. Where it's like, oh, you're not playing the game right if you're not playing on the hardest difficult like that just means the game isn't balanced correctly or just you're not playing it right yeah that's just well right. the the not playing it right is actually kind of an interesting question that i was i was having this conversation with with chris grant our, our boss he said that he was bored by the combat because he was able to very methodically systematically eliminate the enemies by exploiting the ai right because really he's taking, a robot really taking his time and slowly uh, eliminating them one by one, and he said it was boring. And and I had to make the argument for him. And I don't know that there's a right answer one way or the other. But is that a case where if you're bored by the way you're playing it, isn't it fair? I mean, isn't it fair to design based on the idea that people won't want to play in a way that bores them? It no, I don't think so. I think in this case, the game um, sort of assumes that you're gonna fuck up, like sort of assumes that you're not going to be Chris Grant robot perfectly uh, calculating every percentage of visibility and taking out every guy super, super stealthy. And I think the best moments of this game are when you fuck up because you're sort of having to deal with the chaos that happens because of that. Um, That's the way I tried to play it, actually, is that I tried, I started stealth with stealth and and went methodically, but I didn't, uh, my... um, my gut wants me in any game like this to reload a checkpoint, but I made it a point when I was playing The Last of Us to uh, to let it roll. To yeah, when, when something 
happens, I wanted to be able to figure out a way uh, to make my my way out of that situation. So you kind of get both if you play it that way. You get as much stealth as you can based on your skills, and you also get the combat. The problem that I had actually with playing it on normal was when I bumped up against the first difficulty spike, which was for me... Uh, and you guys have probably got at this point. I don't know if we, have we all finished it. No, finished no, it? Okay. I'm only like six hours in. You know uh, that first office building that yeah. you're trying to clear, mm-hmm. where it's. I think it's the first time it's you first actually clicker. run into clickers, which are these these oh yeah yeah zombies yeah. that can hear you can hear you but can't see you. I know the sequence you're talking about. Yeah, and if they hear you, they're gonna come for you, and if they touch you, you're dead. Yeah, they're they're auto they they auto kill you unless you have a shiv later in the game, but. Um, I, I had to replay that section when I was playing on normal. I had to replay that section l- literally like 10 times. It's, it's and, infuriating. And it cannot, this game cannot hold up to, it is not Rogue Legacy. It cannot hold up to that kind of repeat viewing. Because yeah. it is You're not the having exact Joel's same. baby play through it for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I do want to be, it, it would be unfair to the game, I think, though, to focus on just the mechanical elements because where I think it really sets itself apart is uh, storytelling. There are beats in this game mm-hmm. that are as good or better than, God, any game I've played before. I mean, there there are some things it does so well and so elegantly yeah. um, that, that they really, it shows like a level of faith in the player. Um, I'd like to illustrate that with a little anecdote, and I'm... Uh, there are lots of little moments like this, so hopefully I'm, I'm, you know, there's plenty more to discover after I say this. But um, uh, you, I'm worried about spoilers now. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil anything for you. Don't okay. worry. But if you decide that we shouldn't include it, I won't. But um, there's a moment, uh, 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 God, close to midway through the game, I guess, not even uh, too deep into it, where you, where you meet another uh, couple survivors, and one of them is a kid, uh, and he picks up a toy in a nursery it's like a robot um mm-hmm. and that he wants to keep with him and his the his guardian says you know we only take what we need you have to leave it and kind of scolds him so the and it and the kid drops the toy so you see that scene happen that cut scene ends and everyone starts walking out of the room as I'm walking out, I notice, and this is not like the camera zoomed in on her. It's not like, you know, there was any noise to indicate. Nothing was glowing. I, I just noticed out of the corner of my eye, Ellie looking at the toy. And I waited for a second because I was like, okay, is it, what's going to happen? I mean, it, something's going to happen here because she's just kind of hanging out. And I waited and I waited and I waited and nothing happened. And then I started to walk out of the room and as I was walking out of the room, out of the corner of my eye, I saw her pick up the toy and put it in her backpack. And it was like, God, that would have been so easy to miss. You know, that would have been, that was, it was such a personal moment for me because it was, I, it was, it felt so organic. Of course she wasn't going to pick it up while I was watching her, but, but when my back was turned, she did it. And like, that kind of trust in the player to like invest the time and money into making a beat like that, that maybe not everybody is going to see. Maybe most people won't see um, really speaks a lot. I think to the, to the care they took in the storytelling of the game. I'm right yeah. there with you. 
I took my headphones off for that whole thing. So, but I'm sure it was really important. <laughs> <laughs> Good podcast. Uh, it's great. Keep going. Uh, it. It's really, really good, yep. uh, especially in the second half. Um, it's really good. It's interesting, though, the point you bring up. I mean, would this game have been, as an overall idea, do you guys think it would have succeeded more if it was the sort of game that was easy enough that you could put it in the hands of a non-gamer and they could still sort of get uh, what they were going I, I, for? It's a different reality. I, I don't know. Whenever I, I try to think about that, it, like, I don't think so. I, but I mean, plan hasn't really gotten to a point that's like meant to be a gameplay challenge, or at least gameplay interesting. And I think the reason why this game succeeds, apart from the story, is because of the like constant minute, second to second decisions that you're making mm-hmm. uh, during combat, and by dialing down the difficulty to like a Gears of War level on normal, for example, it sort of takes all of that tension out. And I think makes it a very different game. Part of what I like about the game is that there are there there are definite periods of combat intensity or stealth intensity or sneaking intensity, and then there are also very deliberate periods of non-combat, of yeah, s- small exploration. I can do without the ladders, to be honest. <laughs> but they, they, they lean on those a bit. Or they Literally. make the ladders lean on things, right? Um, and But the, I, the game is also aware, uh, self-aware enough to to know that it's doing that, uh, yeah. too. So it, it actually becomes um, it, self-referential or referential. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I that balance between the two, I think is pretty great. It's a... It's a <laughs> It gets better, is what I'm saying. Yeah. And it continues to do so. Excellent. Well, that's Last of Us. This episode of The Best of These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right. So, you know, there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track 
especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want, get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties rocketmoney.com slash besties shall we devolve into halftime uh yeah anybody have anything fun that happened this week (sighs) you know i saw that white house down to celebrate the birth of our nation how realistic would you say it was on a scale of like one to realistic yeah i'd say probably like I would say it is the most realistic action movie made this summer. <laughs> hmm. I think that's pretty fair. I can't think of any other action movie that was more realistic than. Would this. you call The Heat an action movie? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call anything by Paul Feig an action movie. <laughs> Do you think um, that'll hold up after Pacific Rim? I, you know, I'm I'm not positive because I, you know, a a intergalaxy dimensional vortex could open in the ocean uh, <laughs> tomorrow and suddenly i would be uh, i'd be a liar sounds like a big spoiler <laughs> yeah, sounds like the, the trailer um but yeah it, it, it's good channing tatum uh, you know looking good uh jamie fox is our president you know what I, I liked about this movie is that it's like shamelessly political which all of his movies are the guy who made independence day and day after tomorrow but it is just it is the Obama fantasy of like this guy gets elected and he's like young and you know full of big ideas and then he doesn't really do anything but then he has a big idea to pull all of the soldiers out of everywhere in the Middle East and those those weapon industry people they're not for it and then White House down uh, that sounds like a huge spoiler. We just now we know the mo- motivation. This is yeah. This, welcome to the first five minutes of this movie when they cue you into every. Wait, that's are happening. you telling me Dude. that White White House goes down? Uh, the White House goes down. Here's a great spoiler. Uh, one of the characters, the hacker, is you know the uh, really creepy people from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, the yeah. The the milky guy is the like lead hacker of the movie, and he does great. There are a lot of great character actors in this movie. That's why you should go see it. That's all. That's that's just that was my weekend. I, I saw one movie, I went back to hibernation, and then I woke up and went to work. I set off fireworks. Oh, lucky you. That's cool. I did that too. They were uh, lame though. Like we went and got like a twenty five dollar multi pack of fireworks. Those are always, and, yeah. And all yeah. of them were like 
friendship fountain and it's just like hey some sparks come out of a box (laughs) (laughs) i like to run through those do you that's fun yeah like like around like four or five run through the sparks just feel alive my skin tingles with the possibility of Of, danger yeah do you spell your name in what in the air with no, that's a sparkler. That's As I'm different. running, J U S D I N. Did I? I obviously I missed something. I'm so it's sorry. Cursive. The spark fountains. You know, like you put them on the ground, you light them, and then they're just Dave, ejecting. Dave, you come from the land where fireworks were invented. It's true. Ohio, China, right? He's from China. <laughs> no, Ohio probably has fireworks out the ass, right? We do. Phantom fireworks is from here. Are you and just, they're really are big? You just jaded. They had a. a they had some unfortunate. Incidents with with fireworks in the past in Ohio. Yeah, that that Scott Town was that o- Ohio. I don't West know. Virginia. I might have been here. I don't know. I want to hear a great story about someone in Michigan who's stupid and they went to Ohio and they messed everything up. What? Huh? So in Michigan. Oh God. Fireworks. Chris Plant is a what are they? Ohio State Okies. You're oh, an Okie. Yeah. Shut yep. up. Yep. Anyway, he hates Michigan, so okay, we should couch so that Mi- story Michigan with this. Dumb. Anyway. <laughs> um, so they don't have the fireworks, right? They're illegal. So you have to go into Ohio mm-hmm. to buy your fireworks. But Michigan people are too stupid to be allowed to cross state lines. So this guy from Michigan goes into one of the giant fireworks tents. Wait, they're in a tent? That yeah, they're in a big tent. Safe. And it's been very hot and dry. Oh, no. And he lights Good. a cigar. Good. And, okay. the, and the person's like, don't do that in slow motion. And the yeah. guy's like, oh, this? So he throws it. I've done that. He just throws it and lights the entire place up. Okay. It explodes. Okay. He's dead. He died. He died. Did anyone He's else die? Don't, I can't confirm how many people died, but okay. I do know he died. That sort of makes it hard to make fun of. No, it's an Ohio story. Basically, anything that happens that's tragic in Ohio and it's Florida, because some dumb you Michigan can make guy jokes about it because it's it's like the Darwin Awards. Like, but Dave Tech's from Ohio. Mm. He, mm. he could have known that guy. He's from East Ohio. He could have been He's born in that fireworks tent. The stupidity of Michigan. Dave Tech, were you born in that fireworks tent? I yes. Do you guys know a guy that'll sell you illegal fireworks? Like dirty stuff. Oh, I stuff. know a guy. Like an, no. like an M80. Like yeah, like the. I, I get you one. You need an M80. I need a Roman candle as well. I like those. That's Are like those illegal? That shoot, shoots things at the end. Makes me feel like mm-hmm. a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> you hold it. Makes you feel like a wizard. <laughs> Magic coming out of your wand. You feel like a wizard. Happy birthday, America. I'm your wizard king. I'm, I'm, uh, Dave I'm, Tack, what'd you play this week? Um, well, I've been playing uh, other than Animal Crossing. Uh, three things. So I played The Last of Us. I am uh, wrapping up Dishonored, which I never did. Great game. Uh, yeah. And also uh, because it was on PlayStation Plus and I'd never gotten around to it, i um, been playing Deus Ex Human Revolution. Also All of those. Z-Z, yeah. Z-Z-Z, boring. What? You're crazy. That game was boring. I didn't like that game. I have, I'm not super far into it. Uh, you bored but, yet? No. No, because I'm okay. still learning, and which is actually what I wanted to talk about. Segway, um, the uh, all three of those games happen to be uh, turn out to be sort of stealthy, and um, I have I think I have finally figured out after many years of playing stealth games what might be the best way to start playing a stealth game uh, because usually because I like stealth first of all I understand that lots of people don't and that's fine, uh, but I would rather if given the option do the stealthy thing. Um, 
sort of not be seen if I don't have to choke somebody instead of stab somebody. Um, and I always tend to finish a game with, <laughs> without doing that because I never quite figure out the stealth mechanic. Sure. And, and having played three of these back to back, simultaneously, whatever, uh, I started to realize that what the the best way to approach a stealth game might be, and it wait, seems is that your be, best? Do, yes, the best okay. way to approach a stealth game. Got it. Uh, might be to start by f- poking at it, by figuring out exactly where you need to be next to a clicker in The Last of Us before the clicker sees you. You know, because you might play that part fifteen times and not know why you died every yeah. time, or to figure out what somebody's line of sight is in Dishonored or, or all of that. Uh, and it never occurred to me. I, I always just guessed and felt really tense for, you know, a decade and a half of playing <laughs> stealth games. But now I just realize if I spend the beginning of the game poking at the box and like figuring out. Like exactly, yeah. screwing up. Right, right. Breaking, figuring out what doesn't work and what stealth is. Then I don't have to walk around wondering what I'm doing all the time. And I... I wondered if you guys ever did that or if you like stealth. Here, and here's the thing. I out. play stealth games like real life where I only have one life. And if I get spotted and die, I throw the disc out the window. So I've never done that. Wow. That's intense. Yeah. I, I like games where I don't have to do that. Like, uh, what is it? Ninja? Shadow, Way of the Ninja? Shadow of the Ninja? What is it? Mark of the Ninja? Mark of the, Mark Ninja. Of the Ninja? Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry, Mark the Ninja, and I felt that way with uh, Dishonored, too, where I didn't, there were enough clues or skills I had where I didn't have to spend a lot of time learning where the boundaries were. That It drives me crazy in a game where I have to, like, figure out how they coded it to enjoy the game. So the second I have to do that, and that's why I've had so much trouble with the beginning of Last of Us, it, it just drives me nuts. Um... But apparently it gets away from that, so... Yeah. Well, not really. Uh, visibility is still pretty important in Last of Us, um, and knowing, like, when you're going to be spotted and not is very important. Um, I agree that uh, it definitely helps to know the boundaries, but I also agree, like Plant was saying, that games that make it very clear for whatever reason, uh, whether it's through visual cues or HUD elements or whatever... Um, uh, tend to make stealth a lot more approachable for people that don't ordinarily ordinarily play stealth games. So um, developers should do that. I I loved in Dishonored, and if there's a game that has executed on this better, I don't know what it is, but I I loved in Dishonored how there was a moment where things would go sideways, and when it went sideways, you found that there was another perfectly good game there. Yes. I mean, it, it it was just another. You know, it, it was not punitive. It was not bad. It was just sort of like, well, this is what we're doing now, I guess. Like, and yeah. and that's felt very realistic, right? You wouldn't be able to. And of, of course, realism is so stupid in a game where you can teleport five feet and you have a heart <laughs> to talk to you. But it it felt very true to the situation that, like, well, I can't, I I, I can't go back to my plan. I can't unfuck this. So I have to kind of keep pushing through, uh, and I love that about Dishonored. I just I love that in games in general that have multiple layers where you think you're playing one type of game and then it reveals itself to be another. I think that's why GTA has always been so popular, that idea of, like, I'm on a mission, 
oh crap, I screwed up. Suddenly I'm in a police chase. Something else is happening. And, and to get away from this, now I'm going to go jump off a bridge or I'm going to be on a boat where the type of game that you're playing is constantly evolving. <laughs> Only in GTA. never what you expected. Only in GTA can you get the visceral thrill of <laughs> leaping from one middling gameplay experience to yet another. <laughs> no, they're actually all better because the traditional game is just, hey, can you drive from point A to point B? It'll take you about 30 minutes and you have to shoot somebody. See, this is why Saints Row is better because it's can you drive from point A to point B and it turns out that halfway through your cart's a dinosaur. <laughs> and there's a tiger in it. And it's got a giant or. cock. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I see. I like both. I like the idea of of uh, of rolling with the punches, you know, being stealthy and then just playing it out, like I said with The Last of Us. And then the complete opposite of that, which is the way I've been playing Dishonored, uh, is completely stealthy, and uh, it means I don't. It means that the only time I ever get to engage in combat by my own design is when I screw up, and then I just start fighting people because. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Because that's how you get your rocks off, you weirdo. Hey, guys. Want to hear my, my thing of the week? Yeah. I'm ready. Do. Do, you know, do you know what this week is? It's July. It's the five-year anniversary of the App Store. Really? That's, that's, that's Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. That's much more important than No, I was surprised. What's your, your initial... superlative? Uh, it's it's the, the best anniversary of the week, and it's beating the 30th whoa. anniversary of the Famicom. Because, don't mm. worry, we're going to come back to it when it's released in America. Because <laughs> that's oh. what mattered to me, because it was the year of my birth. Um, oh my god, I'm going to be 30. <laughs> How old wow. are you now? 27. So in this... In this fantasy reality, this show lasts another three years. Oh, <laughs> great. Well, hey, you know what? That's okay. As long as I last another three. That's that's good. Um, so, the App Store. Five years. How amazing is that? That before that, there wasn't even an App Store <laughs> on your iPhone. That there was, there was no App Store. You just had apps. And then one day, you have some really mediocre NG Moco games to play wherever wait, 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 or wait. whenever you want. Did the I don't remember this. Yeah. So the App Store launched after the iPhone. After launched? the iPhone. Yeah. I don't really. Yep. Yep. What was what? How did you get apps? You had the apps. What does that mean? Like you had the apps, it, or, it came or, with the apps. Right, and there was a point at which Apple was just saying, "Make web apps. They'll apps. be fine." They and then they came out with the App Store. Yeah, and then everything changed. And in those five years, we've gone from NGMoco becoming <laughs> what it is now. Uh, <laughs> NGMoco was a big deal back then, and now oh, man. they oh, are man. They had, what they, they are had now. such an opportunity, and they wasted it every which way. Oh, that being said, they probably make way more money than they did then. Now, uh, yeah, but they could have been huge. What was they the? What was the? Important. They could have been like Zynga level. Oh, big. I mean, and they also had like the the hold on the whole achievement system and basically yeah. their lack of, I mean, it seemed like Apple was pretty cool with that until they didn't innovate on it in any way. Well, no, Apple just uh, pretty much did their own thing. Yeah. And one of them. What was the big, what was the first, there were a handful of NG Mocha games that were Rolando. like Rolando. Rolando. That was Rolando. the big first one, And there was one, right? also the Doctor, the Doctor one where you could cut. Oh, yeah. Which is still a great game. Oh, um, which one? Rip-off. I don't yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Quicks ripoff. It was like Quicks. Mm-hmm. Kicks. Q-I-X, that yeah. game. I forget what the NG Moco version was called. Um, yeah, no, they had really good games. They were like the first, like, legit 
developer trying to like make good mobile games and it really i mean at least one of the first um and uh now we have so 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 many yeah um but now we have xcom and limbo and well let's name a mobile game that actually came out on mobile first before we start going down the list Oh, I mean, oh, I just think that's impressive in general that you can port to it. Oh, yeah. Yep. I don't think that's so bad. Yeah. Um. Oh, okay, Drop 7. Drop 7. The best yeah. game of the last decade. Okay, you're a madman. That's hey, crazy. I, I, I've, I've played it more than anything if we want to go by hours. That's a just, lie. You got that's a problem. A my, step, um, my stepmom's played Farmville more than anything. It doesn't make it a great <laughs> game. Yeah. Drop 7 is a great game. The, um, uh, the, do you feel... It's funny. I saw someone comment. They put made a bunch of games free. Um... Uh, on the anniversary and and uh, I saw someone comment that it was a great way to mark five years of devaluing games by making some of the <laughs> best games free <laughs> and I, Zing. I, I it's not a completely hollow criticism no, no. I, I, mean, I mean I think that like for all the good the app store has done I think it's um, I, I don't know I think it's made it kind of hard financially speaking to make uh, a lot of really worthwhile um, not worthwhile, but uh, more expansive games. Let's yeah, say, absolutely. On, like on the you platform. can't. I think that's crazy. What? I think that's absolutely insane. You can't sell. Yeah. I mean, selling no, a game. No for, one's tried. Are you crazy? The, the XCOM is like the first game where somebody is trying to put a decent price marker and a level of quality that matches. That's it on, okay, like, but then you could argue like Square untrue. does that all the what, time. What, what? What else? Square? No, Square marks their things up like crazy. I know. Square sells twenty dollars games. It should be five. There are five anywhere else. I'm just saying the vast majority of games and the games that are successful are either one or three dollars when on any other platform, PC, Mac, you name it, uh, they would at least be like five or ten. Um, and X, like XCOM is not even a great example because this is a game that has recently been established as being a 50 or $60 game. Right. But that's not true anymore either because it's constantly on sale for 25 to $30. But you can make the How much are they selling it for on mobile? It's 20. 20. Well, I mean it, And it and it's a, a smaller version of the game. It's very how, What did they change by the way? I mean, I they, played they, it. I think it's like a third of the maps or something. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um I I just think there's a long way to go and I think the devaluing thing is a, a tired argument that was pushed out by companies like Nintendo that were unwilling to move. No, I think there are indie developers um, that struggle with like like there are like interesting indie games that should be sold for more than a dollar, but the only way to get the attention of people is to sell them for a dollar. Like I honestly believe that. Yeah, I I, I just think I think it's yeah. definitely changing, and I think it will continue to change as more things come out on that platform and as that platform expands. Yeah, I think once it shows, like once Apple wakes up and and get figures out a good way to get their games on a television, you'll see a very different understanding of like what's a value, what value is, and like what prices should be for those games. But the crazy thing is how much has changed in the five years because yeah. of that platform. You know what bums me out, though, about the uh, how much has changed? What? Not nearly as many fart apps as there used to be. <laughs> or lighter apps oh, or flashlight apps. I saw Peter Molyneux's interview on Game Informer about <laughs> fart apps. It is superb. Really? It's really good. Well, he writes them. Um, the, the other thing is, with, with the devaluing, I will say, it, even if it is true, which I personally don't believe, the fact that all of these games actually
actually had a place to come out and all these indie developers have become as successful as they are, which who, well, knows, not, if, who knows if they would have on any other platform. You're still talking about like 1% of games. 1% is better than no percent. I mean, there have been a lot more success stories. Wait, one percent is better platform. than nope. Uh, I'll have to check on that people, math. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there are a lot of people who wouldn't be successful without an open platform. That's like it is. true. That's all. That's Three all. guys in a room, <laughs> and all of Rovio. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, it is definitely uh, has changed the um, gaming uh, space for the better. I would say, uh, democratization of game publishing pretty much started on the app store and uh has spread well i guess steam was before the app store but you know app store made it like mainstream and popular and and uh i think we're all better off with it how's that for a nice little wrap-up i love it it was the best wrap-up it was so good it was the best wrap-up as a result uh i'm gonna give the award to russ fresh yeah wrap-up best wrap-up yeah, you did it. But it was for my Russ. thing. Yeah, but I trumped you. No, I, you didn't. I did. I won yeah. the whole week. So proud of you oh right now, Russ. <laughs> I, be- I always believed in you, and I believe in you listening at home. I believe that you've spent another hour-ish of your life listening to us, uh, and I certainly appreciate you joining us. If you want more, you can go to Polygon.com. Uh, I I hear the uh, cooperatives are coming back for season two. Is that going to drop this week? Monday. Gonna... It'll drop Monday. Monday. Oh, I'm excited. Uh, and uh, we've got so much more content on the site. Lots of good stuff for you to enjoy. So go lap it all up. It's Polygon.com. You can follow us at Polygon. Uh, Facebook slash Polygon. YouTube slash Polygon. Tumblr. Uh, or Polygon.com.tumblr.com. Uh, and, and so many other places that I can't remember right now. Uh, but most of all, we appreciate you listening to our podcast. We wish you'd go and rate it, subscribe to it, and tell all your buddies, your friends, that, that uh, there's this great thing, this amazing, life-changing podcast. And while you're there, you might want to look at this new podcast called Sawbones, which is on the iTunes app store. I really I, like I'm, not, it. I'm not familiar with it. Where yeah, it's, it's, it's excellent. It's uh, this adorable married couple, and they talk about... Uh, medical maladies and uh, oddities. Medical mysteries? It is. Well, that too. I mean, it is. It is <laughs> superb. I hear they come out here. on Fridays, just like our show. And the, yeah, yeah. The episode this week is about plague medicine. So what? Plague medicine? Wow, you, you know, know a lot about this show. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm on it. So uh, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We're the besties. We'll join us next week. We'll join you next week to talk about games. <laughs> Our only listeners. <laughs> Make sure to join us on Friday for the besties. Because should the world's best friends pick the world's best things? Bestie!